we are bringing you a special episode of Dialogues on AI Digital Pathology to explore key takeaways from the recent FDA webcast on NASH drug development. In part one of this episode, our guests, who are key opinion leaders in liver pathology, will respond to a selection of questions from pharma companies and clinical investigators on NASH clinical trial strategies with AI Digital Pathology following the FDA webcast. Here is a snippet of part one with our guests, Professor Pierre Bedosa, Professor Zachary Goodman, and Professor David Kleiner, as they speak to our moderator, Dr. Nikolai Nomov. Based on your experience, what role can artificial intelligence-based digital pathology tools play in helping to train pathologists? Using AI to help train pathologists, which I think is an interesting concept, you know, one one thing that you can do with AI and and uh, in other situations is use it as a as an immediate feedback training tool. So, if you were confident in the ability of the AI digital pathology to identify features, you could use that to train pathologists to set thresholds. So let's say pick out something and uh, the AI says there's only 10% probability that this is really balloon. Well, you still have to make that decision. You know, somebody has to say, yes, it is or no, it's not, or go looking for better examples. So um, I suppose in a practical sense, I'm not sure about for training, but for other things, you know, for fibrosis, I think, you know, you, there might be some, some merit in using, it could be AI or it could just be the more standard algorithm to quantify how much fibrous tissue is there. And another suggestion that was shared was to use at least two pathologists to read each slide. And if uh, discordant, then a third pathologist can serve as the adjudicator. How do you see uh, this being set up? And can artificial intelligence-based digital pathology tools aid the adjudication process you have two observers, and there's a difference in a borderline case. They just, you know, they can discuss it and look at and look at them once again together, particularly with that they've had time to forget what they said the first time, and then just talk about it, and, and they'll come to a consensus almost almost invariably. I've only rarely had not needed a third pathologist as an adjudicator. Fully agree with uh, the options that Zach suggests is that having two pathologies and they have to be forced to get a consensus and usually it works. We as a group have our own intra-observer variability, if you will. So I don't think you can ever really get around that problem as, as long as you're using human observers. And I think if you go to digital pathology, then the problem is the same but different. You get good, really good precision and good reproducibility, but you need to be sure that you're accurately looking at the, the right thing. And finally, I would say that one pathologist is better than two pathologists, and two pathologists is better than three. So less pathologists you have, less problem you have. And if you have a single pathologist, which has a low intra-observer variability, which means he reads the same way the, baseline, the first baseline biopsy and the last end of treatment biopsy, then since he's blinded to, to the trial, I think there is no problem. Thank you for listening and see you in part two of this podcast.